Welcome to Shalom Community Church for this Sunday celebrating Epiphany, the revelation of God into the world through Jesus. We at Shalom Community Church strive to fulfill a vision of Shalom, to embody the love, compassion, and justice of Jesus in our personal and community journeys. Without exception, all who share in this vision are welcome to participate in the full life of the church. We value the creative tension and the strength that result from sharing differences in beliefs within the community, and we are committed to pilgrimage peacefully, simply, and together. We begin a series of Sundays today in which we are going to follow the lectionary in our worship services. The lectionary is a set, of rota- a set rotation of readings from the Bible, usually four for each holy day, one psalm and one reading from the Old Testament, and one gospel and one reading from the New Testament. One of the beautiful things about the lectionary is the way that texts from across the Bible come to be read together. And this morning we'll emphasize that by having much of the four texts from Isaiah 60, Psalm 46, Matthew 2, and Ephesians 3 read together. One of my hopes for these next few Sundays is that they can be a time of retreat into the ordinary practices of worship that we have in common with many Christians here in Ann Arbor, in Michigan, in America, and in the world. Now is a time when we need to be seeking out what we have in common with our sisters and brothers and doing the same things that they are doing is one, of the, is one way of doing the work of being together in solidarity with all God's people. I'll confess something to you. I'm a bit of a Christmas curmudgeon. If I had my way, I might not put up my tree until Christmas Eve. I like the stories of people decorating the tree on Christmas Eve. But attending Shalom has cured me of some of this, since the pageant and Chilean Carol Sunday is unavoidably a Christmassy day. So I'm kind of into Christmas now, a bit earlier than before. But I have a lot of good reasons for liking a late Christmas. I loved Advent calendars as a child, and I have a really nice one now that I get out many years, and it has more of a social justice focus to it, moving between ancient and contemporary saints with each new day. A second reason is that I've lived a lot of my life attuned to the academic calendar, and so the waiting of Advent is often much more appropriate to much of December for me than the celebration of Christmas. And I like, I like Christmas better for the long break at this season that I often have on the academic calendar. The third reason is that when I want to feel self-righteous during the hyper-consumerist month from Thanksgiving to Christmas, it helps to have an undecorated house for much of that time. Fourthly, I do really like the flow of the church year as it moves from Advent to Christmas to Epiphany. One of the things that I really like about the church year is that it gives a kind of alternative time. The year begins not on January 1st, but at the beginning of Advent, and it flows through Christmas and Epiphany to Lent and Holy Week and Easter, and ends with a big chunk of what is called ordinary time. 
Finally, I really like the idea that Christmas is 12 days long and that still this Sunday we are celebrating Christmas. I still have my tree up at home and I'm still working my way through my stash of cookies. I feel great about that. More theologically, I like a long Christmas because, I also need to confess, I'm probably more of a Christmas than an Easter Christian. It's perhaps a little heretical of me to admit this, but the most powerful truth of the gospel for me is not the death and resurrection, but the birth and epiphany. Epiphany is the celebration of the revelation of God incarnate in Jesus. An ordinary epiphany is a powerful realization, perhaps even of something that you've already known but come to know in a new way. Perhaps our changing palates provide one of the most reliable sources of epiphanies. Food that was once far too bitter or far too weird might suddenly become delicious to us. Sweets might become cloying. Or we might be like my best friend's daughter, actually drinking her first soda. He had decided not to deny her soda when she asked for it, but just to make sure that all she was ever served was spicy hot Jamaican ginger beer, which he would happily drink alongside her. When she had her first actual Coca-Cola, she had two simultaneous epiphanies. One, my father has been lying to me all this time. And two, this is good. So today is the day that we celebrate the epiphany of God revealed in Jesus Christ. We celebrate our realization that the baby born in the manger is God with us. God, who we have worshipped through law and the prophets, who we have prayed to, has now come to be with us in the flesh. It's appropriate that we celebrate Epiphany with the arrival of the wise Eastern rulers in Bethlehem, bearing gifts for the Christ child. God has been revealing God's self in Jesus for quite a while, to Mary, to Elizabeth, to Joseph, to the shepherds, the innkeeper, the animals. Creatures in all of these representatives have had an opportunity to understand. But I like it perhaps, perhaps especially this year, that it is a foreign dignitary, probably from Iran, who we celebrate as the final arbiter of this knowledge. To me, these Easterners are so obviously caught up in God's revealing. They are following a star away from their home to Israel. They consult with the governor, still not quite getting it, that this new revelation is not a revelation of power over others, but instead the revelation of power through what looks like weakness. But as they continue their journey, they must get it, even as they realize their gifts are probably a little out of context, that the babe in a manger is not a new ruler, but the end to every form of human rule. I think that they got it because they left to return the long way around the sea, avoiding Herod, avoiding empire, working out now what to do in the knowledge of an epiphany.
the epiphany that we celebrate today is more than a simple understanding. It is also the revealing of what Paul calls God's age-old design to connect to humanity by becoming human. And this epiphany is why I'm a Christmas Christian. Because I long for a world in which Jesus, born and recognized, and then all of the horrible human machinations of hate and war are shown for the pathetic little attempts to control fear that they are. I long for a world in which we all truly understand and Jesus actually grows up to be a ruler because humanity recognizes that that is actually what we want. I long for a world where people get it enough that we don't crucify the human whose birth we just celebrated. A week, a month, a year, a decade like the one we've just endured can make all of this seem very far away. We've seen a new rise in anti-Semitism in the last few months with synagogue-based violence throughout our country and the world. We've witnessed this week the commitment to instability and war that our country perpetuates on the global scene with the brutal murder of Iran's leading military and foreign, foreign official. And we have witnessed religious leaders in our country hold rallies for the leader who has inspired this increase in fear and ignorance. It can be hard to know what to do in the midst of all of this. But one of the things that we can do is emphasize the community that we have and do the things that we have always done in witness to the revelation that ultimately will be known all over the world. Communion is an act of remembrance. It is a bringing of Jesus into our presence. And although it is a remembrance of Christ's death and resurrection, the way that this remembrance happens mimics epiphany. We are invited to remember who we are in the celebration and also who we want to be and who we are connected to. We are invited into a world where we need bread where we need wine, and where these things are provided to us. We are invited into a world where we need each other, and each other are there for us. And so now, rather than listening to me expound on this further, let's all turn together to a service of communion in which our prayer of confession is an adapted version of our liturgy against violence, and let's remember again the meaning of liturgy, the work of the people, and see what we can do together here and now, see what we, what we do together here and now as what it is, a form of resistance to hate and violence, and a coming together of people eager to know Jesus.